turn up your radio, it's time for DeLorean Talk with your host, Dave Tavers. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of DeLorean Talk. It's been a while, but I think I say that at the beginning of every episode. Thanks for tuning in. I am really excited to have Todd Bustillo and Chris Miles on the show today. Thank you guys for joining. Uh, thanks for having us, Dave. Yeah, thanks a lot, Dave. Todd has the YouTube channel DeLorean Tech, and he has done an amazing number of videos over the last several years since he got his DeLorean, and uh, so much information on there. So if you haven't watched the channel, go find it, tune in. Todd, what are your socials or URLs or anything you want to share? So the website is DeLoreanTech.com, which would kind of get you into the YouTube channel. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, et cetera, et cetera. Good. <laughs> so if you were to just type in DeLorean Tech, all one word, you'd probably find something, right? Find it somewhere. And Chris, what's your website? I do have my own uh, page on Todd's website where my parts catalog is being hosted. And uh, I try to give that out to, you know, as many people that want to see it. Made some new connections at DCS myself. It works well. What's the URL? DeLorean Technologies, which is a subset of DeLorean Tech where we're uh, highlighting different uh, parts solutions uh, and uh different uh, for sale ads. If we are highlighting a car for sale or Todd has some of his uh, clear Euro lenses up there that people can get in touch with him about my parts catalog. So DeLorean technology. Dot com. Cool. Well, this episode, if you saw the headline by now is uh, about a DCS 2023 wrap up. All three of us went to the DCS show up in Illinois this year, or actually last week. And again, fantastic show. I love going to these because it's just a chance to get to meet and talk to people that you just don't normally get to see and talk to in person. This is just us talking about what we enjoyed and what we found interesting about the show or the cars or the people. I got my DeLorean at the end of 2015. I missed Ken Consulik's last DCS, but this was my third. DCS, I think, or fourth, and uh, it was great. It was ha having Zach DeLorean, John's son, come again this year. He did two years ago as well. It was awesome. What, there were 70, uh, I say 56 cars drove there, but there were 78 cars total, which included all the cars that were in Mike's shop at DeLorean Midwest. I believe uh, Todd did a, a, a headcount video that he posted on all the different cars that showed up. Yeah, I tried to. <laughs> it was hard because there were so many. But DeLorean Midwest, on their YouTube channel, DeLorean Nation actually did a, a 78 DeLorean video kind of highlighting how many cars were there, uh, which you're right, Dave, it, is, it was 78. I think in my video, which is just a YouTube short, I counted up like 52. But that didn't include like some of the cars that kind of came and went and then some of the cars on the inside and stuff like that. So. Well, it was a good turnout. Great turnout. I know. Let's see. In uh, in Orange County, what's the biggest number that uh, you've seen down there? Well, so Chris, remember Stainless Summer 2? I think we had 21 and 21. So 21, mm -hmm. 
2021. Um, I don't remember how many we had at the Peterson event. That was, there was a lot there. Nice. Well, DCS at Pheasant Run. Were you at that one, Todd? I don't, I don't, no. Yeah, you hadn't gotten your car yet. That was, right. I mean, that was inside the building. I don't remember, but there was a lot of cars there. There were probably more cars at that, maybe. There were, there, yeah, it was full. Yeah, it was full. I, you know, I'd probably say there were 70-something, but they all drove there. They weren't in the shop. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that Mike and Susie hosted uh, at DeLorean Midwest. They got a great shop. I am not, I say it all the time, I'm not a car guy, but I was so excited and impressed to see that LS4 rolling chassis. Like, that was oh, impressive. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was so cool. I'm not an engine guy, but I, that, I think that is the future of the DeLorean. As in, in coming years, people are just going to want another engine. And while it's not a K-Jet, that looked really clean. And I think that there was no, they didn't have to do any modifications to the chassis for that engine, right? No, it well, all fits. No, yeah, it all fits. Yeah, that, that's kind of the whole idea is that when you start cutting up the, the frame, it starts to, you start to uh, compromise the integrity. And that's what Josh Hattenkirk has made his goal is to be able to do a non-invasive engine swap, right? Where other guys are mm -hmm. just kind of chopping up the frame and it just looks, <laughs> you know, ridiculous, right? Yeah. And I love the brakes on that car too. That's obviously more power. You need more braking. And I love that yeah. those are new calipers from Mazda that you can get basically aftermarket. And it doesn't require special machining. It doesn't require hacking off part, again, part of the frame. I'm really interested in that too. Yeah, the brakes are definitely a must if you're going to go with a big V8 motor like, like a LS4. So they have a, a brake kit for the front. Uh, I think they're working on one for the rear. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. remember what was in the, on the rear over there. I think it was stock because they haven't found a solution for the you know, emergency brake yet. That's their blocker. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. The fronts are little big brake kit from Flying Miata, and they just kind of adapted it. Josh adapted. Uh, uh, also, be able to accommodate the 14-inch wheels if you want to run the originals. Then you can kind of upgrade to an 11-inch rotor if you want to run like 15s. Uh, in the front as well, or larger, right? But you have to do some suspension upgrades as well. Um, they have the Inconel uh, trailing arm bolts that they highly recommend. Uh, mm -hmm. and of course, VW suspension, yeah, or any kind of like uh, high-performance uh, coilover suspension is just recommended when you're running, you know, that kind of a, a motor in the car. <laughs> I think all of us are a big advocate for KW at the moment. They probably have the best thing going on right now. Yeah, KW. And then polyurethane bushings, you're probably going to need to run that. Uh, and a lot of the suspension components. Uh, it's just the power, the amount of power we're talking about. Which is, if you go with a supercharged LS4, we're talking over 500 horsepower <laughs> at the wheel. In a car that weighs less than 3,000 pounds. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. so you definitely need to do some upgrades to some of the other components that are moving around right the chassis itself is fine they've said it right you, yeah. and you don't need to use stainless chassis and all that kind of stuff you're fine with the original um as long as it's you know in good good shape you know you don't want something that's rusted <laughs> out and all that right <laughs> another thing you don't got to watch out for well that was a big thing for me seeing that was impressive and interesting because i'm not an engine guy but i can definitely see that being the future any, Chris, did you have any uh, favorite things that stuck out about the show in general? 
Um, I always enjoy getting to meet people that I know from the internet and all the different DeLorean pages. It's kind of interesting when you have someone, you know, uh, run up to you and, and know who you are. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that was kind of happened with with you and I when I first met you because you did the podcast and I thought you were someone important. And, right. and then you found out the truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's really enjoyable to, to meet everybody. It's almost like a family reunion in a way where you get to see all the guys that you haven't seen since the last show. Of course, all of the uh, all the guest speakers were very interesting. It was it was very nice that Nick Sutton made the journey all the way from England and came to the show. He's a wealth of knowledge. You know, he was there during the whole thing, and he knows pretty much everything that was going on at the factory and, you know, how they were getting parts and the assembly of the car and all that. Yeah. I think he was probably one of my favorite guests. Yeah, same here, Nick Sutton, for sure. I was actually able to catch him in the DeLorean Museum. I was just uh, starting to do, like, a little filming in there, like I did last year, and he happened to be there, and it just so happened he had some uh, blueprints of the assembly line that was, you know, in the plant, and he actually walked me through the whole, you know, the, the whole schematic. Wow. From, from sort of the end, and I recorded the whole thing, so I'll be putting that up on the channel pretty soon. Oh, that, man. That was a, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'll be excited to see that. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, um, the, you know, the DeLorean Museum itself that Matt Summer brought uh, was was obviously um, pretty cool, but I think the, the highlight there for me uh, I don't know if you, you caught the glass case that he brought, some of those original Hot Wheels uh, prototype DeLoreans that never saw production. I actually requested that he bring those because I really wanted to see those in person. I had only seen those in uh, like photos and stuff on the internet. And as a big collector of Hot Wheels DeLoreans, that was kind of a big deal for me. And we ended up, you know, pulling them out of the case and taking them over to a conference room and, and we did an in-depth video sort of like expose on all of the those um, those prototypes that he brought. So that was actually a really big high point for me. There's an episode, early episode here with Manson Chung, who works at Hot Wheels or used to. And I know he did one of the newer DeLoreans when they brought him back. Too bad he wasn't there to see those. I bet he'd have some great history. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's interesting because I think there is a gap between 1985 and 2010 where Hot Wheels did not produce a DeLorean uh, die-cast car with the exception of there's some Japanese ones that were produced uh, back in like 2001 but uh, as far as like domestic Hot Wheels cars there's this really big gap right so 1985 you had what we call the Turismo's which Hot Wheels ended up just pushing those prototypes out with some modifications not calling it a DeLorean <laughs> But between 85 and, and 2010, there, there, it was, there was nothing there. So it's just interesting little, little tidbit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Matt's collection is freaking amazing. That is, that is crazy dedication. Yeah, he's, he's got one of the biggest collections out there, I think, if not the biggest of that type of, uh, that type of stuff. It's got to be the biggest. I can't imagine who would yeah. have more. Right. It is just nonstop of you turn around and there's somebody else that you either met years ago or have talked to online and you end up talking and visiting and then 35 minutes go by and then it's like, oh, there's somebody else. Fantastic. For anybody that doesn't go to these shows, 
sincerely you are missing out. It's not that expensive. If you've been thinking about it, don't miss these. I know right now, Mark Woodsma, I mean, this is a podcast, so you can listen whenever, but Mark Woodsma is putting together DeLorean Connect out of San Francisco. So if you get a chance, go to that. It's it's just a matter of getting there. And even if you don't have your DeLorean, go if you're an owner. Like Chris said, it's a family reunion. You get a chance to get to know people. We are part of a a unique group of people, right? I mean, we're not Ferrari owners, but how many Mustangs did they make? Sure, they have lots of Mustang shows, but there's not a lot of DeLoreans left. Oh, that's true. I know, Chris, you're going to be going to DeLorean Connect, I think, right? Yeah, I'm planning on it. It's going to be in September. If any California owners are listening, it would be a, a good opportunity to meet different owners and get together. It's going to be a day show. The idea is that we want to build this up as something that could grow into, you know, multi-day events. It's going to be in the Bay Area. It's only three hours for me, so I, sh- I shouldn't have any uh, <laughs> you better be there not to go. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know I started off talking about DeLorean Midwest and the shop, but that was actually a separate event, DCS was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then the open house was on Saturday. I know that they are separate entities and totally not connected, but basically, you know, everybody, it's one big event. I just loved being able to catch people in the hallway at, at the DCS event and talk. Uh, not, at, not at all a problem or a complaint. I tend to enjoy the one-on-one interactions or the one-on-five interactions more than listening to speakers for many hours. And I just feel like I get to know people so much better and hear their stories. So um, that's just uh, not a criticism. It's a personal thing. As we lose more and more of these special DeLorean people, it's great that they're coming. And Again, Todd, I know I told you in person, I'm so thankful that you are recording, video recording all this stuff because sooner than later, that's going to be the only record of these people talking about DeLorean stuff. And yeah, there's years past, there have been other events and people have recorded, but I don't know. I think we've all seen all those videos from the past and your stuff is just way better, short of full-on documentary ser- you know, series. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. And there's also some other uh, video that that we've been taking outside the event, right? Like at Midwest or I mean, just in the parking lot and uh, things like that, that we just did some recording and, and, you know, editing the videos together and then putting it out there. So I've, I think I've already put out about, I don't know, maybe four videos. I've got like maybe you know, a list here about seven more to go from <laughs> this year's DCS. Man, it, it just goes by so fast because all the visiting and, um, meeting Alex from Germany, he, he was just a blast, and his book, uh, beautiful. Right, looking inside. Yeah, that's a that's an awesome book, and he brought out some of his vinyl records, like his LPs and tapes that have like the DeLorean, uh, you know, there's some DeLorean uh, art on there, which was pretty cool. So yeah, and I, we got to hang out with him quite a bit during the show. It was actually pretty cool meeting and uh, you know hanging out with him. He seems to be really passionate about the car. <laughs> He's one of the rare owners that he didn't get into it because of the movie. Right. He, he said several times he didn't see the movie till like the mid-90s. Yeah. So <laughs> that's cool to get that perspective. He likes the car yeah, because he, it's cool. And... He's freely. 
Yeah, Ace Freely is really what who owned a DeLorean, right? From Kiss, mm-hmm. and that's really what he got um, the the passion for the DeLorean from. So that's a very interesting. Uh, and for most of us, it was kind of Back to the Future and seeing the car on TV and stuff like that, right? Yeah. I also wanted to mention going kind of on your idea, Dave, about all of the talks. I really like the talks, but I'd also like maybe a few less talks per day. So we do have that face-to-face time, you know, hanging out in the parking lot and just trading stories. Yeah, exactly. It's trading the stories and it's, it's that so many people there, you get so much more opportunity to say, what did you do to your car? And say, show it to me. And then they can point it out and you get to look at it. And it's not just seeing it online or a video, but seeing it in person makes such a big difference. And then being able to debate, debate and figure it out. Uh, say, oh, why'd you do it that way? And, and learning it, it. Yeah, there is something about that face to face. I know I got tied up talking out in the parking lot and I missed one of the talks, but it's like, okay, it's fine. <laughs> um <laughs> And I got to meet the owner of the car that I recently sold and got to do a drive in it with him. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, you had bought a project car, did a bunch of work to it, put it up for sale. And uh, and then this guy, you're in Fresno, California, and this guy bought it in, where does he live? Kentucky. Kentucky. And then he drove it to the show. He's only had it a few months, right? Yeah. <sighs> Very cool. You have more patience than me. I I have enough work with my own car. I couldn't have a project car. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good experience. And, you know, it's rewarding. And it's even better to know that he was able to drive it all that way. And it's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. John DeLorean's personal secretary. What did you guys think of her? Oh, it was great oh. to get that perspective. Yeah. yeah. No, she was great. Um, very nice lady. Uh, got to talk with her offline as well. And uh, very professional. Very professional, right? Yeah. Right. It was always Mr. DeLorean. That's how she referred to him all the time. Hmm. So I thought that was really cute, actually. Yeah. Well, different era. Mm hmm. What are you going to tell other people about back home when you're talking to other DeLorean owners that didn't go? Oh, they missed out. (laughs) (laughs) But there's always next time, right? So, um, you know, you, we post a lot of photos. I post a lot of photos, like, online and obviously with the videos. And I get people messaging me, oh, man, that looks so fun. Like, I, I want to go next time, right? So two years ago, Chris, when we went, it was you, me, and Skip. Mm-hmm. This year, mm-hmm. it was you, me, Skip, and then Gordon, and then Chris Hogard, and then Dustin. Dustin all came out. We, we doubled mm-hmm. our attendance. And, right. And... Um, you know, it, it. I think uh, you may even triple it next time. We'll, we'll have to see. I know Chad is interested in coming out. He, he just messaged me today. Um, he's like, oh, I, I got to go, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they kind of missed out, but there's always going to be another show. And I think as long as we, you know, continue spreading the word and getting it out there, that, hey, this is a great show and you guys all need to come. We'll probably get more, more folks to, to attend. I know when I first got my car about six months later was basically the last uh, show over in Europe and everybody was saying, Oh, you got to go, you got to go. And it was just a lot of money to travel to Europe and do this. And I'm still kicking myself for not going because it was a big show. A lot of people were there, a lot of cars. I'm willing to make a bet. There's not going to be another European DeLorean show like that. So 
you never know when there's not going to be another show. So you, you got to go whenever they're, they're coming up. How do we convince people that they need to commit to going? Well, like uh, I'm, I'm friends with Sean Knight, president of the Pacific Northwest DeLorean Club. And I harped on him for nine months, said, you got to come to this. How do we convince people that it's worth their time to come if they're DeLorean owners who are actually fans? Well, you know, for my part, it's, it's really just getting the content of the show out there so they can know what to expect. A lot of uh, folks who hadn't gone to the show, um, you know, talked to me and said, yeah, you know, I saw your videos from, you know, the previous year and it was really great that you put that together because I didn't know really what to expect, you know, in the show, but they were able to see what happens at the show and it, and it kind of piqued their interest because, you know, highlights and, uh, you know, it's all good, but I try to put out a lot of the good stuff, make it somewhat entertaining as much as I can and just, you know, show the, the fun aspect of it. And I think that really kind of breaks the ice for some people because people, a lot of DeLorean owners aren't really like, they just don't go out too much, right? Yeah. And they, mm-hmm. they don't know what to expect. Maybe they're a little shy to, to just kind of show up to an event like that not knowing anyone and if they know people who are going to be there like me and you know or chris or whoever yourself dave maybe they're more comfortable and obviously seeing the content or reading about it or whatever getting an idea of what to expect uh from future shows it might make them more comfortable in 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 attending it's almost like you're you're advertising the sort of the social aspect of it i think the most because that is what i think um, might be uh, more of the challenge for some owners um, versus just, well, I, I want to come out because I want to see, you know, Nick Sutton put on a presentation. There's a lot more to it that I think we need mm-hmm. to sort of promote. Right, Chris? Yeah. And then, I mean, it's always helpful to know, like, uh, what's going to be going on, you know, three months before or six months, you know, six months before. But <laughs> doesn't happen, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The agendas don't always come out, but yeah, you're right. Having yeah. knowing what's going to be coming up, so that those of us that have been can help promote it and try to get people excited to come. One thing I I, uh, I did this year was, um, you know, for Delorean Tech's fifth anniversary, I put it out there that hey, you know, come come celebrate with us at, at DCS 2023. You know, and um, yeah, we'll be there, and just to let everyone know that hey, we're going to be out there, and if you're, you know, familiar with us you know, obviously me and Chris uh, from the channel, then, hey, you know, here's a chance for you guys to, uh, you know, meet us and, you know, and uh, interact and, and that kind of thing. So I threw that one out there as well, just to, you know, maybe help generate more interest, at least for, for my part. For me now, moving to basically the middle of nowhere, Missouri, from Southern California and Las Vegas, there's no cars. Uh, where I'm at in Marceline is literally two hours west to get to Kansas City, Missouri, and three hours east to get to St. Louis. It doesn't sound like there's any other DeLoreans between those two ta- those two big cities other than me. But talking about the community and if you are concerned about coming to a show, whether it's a, a bigger show like DCS or a local thing, if you show up in your DeLorean, you're going to be instantly connected with people. I went and tracked down my new group, which is kind of the Chicago, Illinois, St. Louis area and met four or five of those guys. And they were all super friendly and nice and, you know, traded phone numbers. And I got connected with those guys. So 
if you're if anybody out there is concerned about oh i don't know anybody sincerely i say don't worry if you just say hello to one person they're going to talk to you they're going to ask you about your car you're going to talk about their car and then someone else is just going to walk up and start talking to you and you're going to be connected really easily it's such a great community at least the people that show up to the shows generally are not stuck up we all love the car and we love to share and talk about it a lot of genuine owners out there yeah i agree um you know and there was a couple of owners that wanted to meet you as well like i mentioned your name and they're like oh chris is here too I go, yeah yeah you know chris like yeah have you talked to him yeah i go no well i'll introduce you you know and <laughs> i tried to do that a few times right i think in in, in the uh in the in the uh the presentation room there was a, a few folks that wanted to meet you so mm-hmm. uh you know well and look at uh tanner brown uh the the kid with the handlebar mustache super nice right, kid right I think the newest owner there, I think he what he had his got his car in April and mm-hmm. I ended up talking to him and his dad for quite a while and at at some point he's he said I said something about Chris and he's like, "Wait, is Chris Miles here?" I was like, "Yeah." And then <laughs> we and then we literally walked everywhere looking for him. I'm like, "Where?" And then I had to text Chris and like, "Where are you?" And uh, <laughs> I'll be I'll be right there. And and then once I connect you guys, I was like, "I was on to somebody else." Yeah, the gosh, the <laughs> the the open house really was great. There was just so much time to get to talk to people and see all those cars there. And uh, Anthony Zamfoni, not enough time to chat with him. All the people, Mike. It's so great that they're doing well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you can tell Mike was really uh, pleased with with the turnout. I think, and uh, you know, um, now that they have Josh Shattenkirk over there too. Uh, generated a lot, a lot of interest as well. So, you know, I, I, I was really cool meeting Josh, finally meeting Josh Shattenkirk in person and hanging out with him and getting it right in his car. And even Anthony, my son, got the ride in his car too. So that was a really big highlight of our trip, I think, was meeting cool. Josh and hanging out with him, yeah. Talking shop, talking DeLoreans, you know. <laughs> so did you ride an LS4? Yeah, Josh's uh, personal car. Is an LS4? Yep. Did he give it some power? Oh yeah. I we were doing all, I'm doing full video on that one. Nice. So I don't know if you remember the video I did on Nick Reed's uh car. It's a twin turbo mm-hmm. Kia Swap Stinger. It's gonna be very much the same sort of video as that one. Um and you know, it, and at, at the end I'm going to um decide and reveal which car is faster just from my own perspective (laughs) (laughs) little competition there yeah since we won't be able to race the two cars right i mean nick sold that car right i think he sold it for like two hundred and forty-eight thousand, right chris (laughs) yeah it was crazy yeah i think that's a record at least from what Mm -hmm. i can tell i mean for a you know uh, uh, just a Delorean, just a you know stock souped up Delorean, yeah, not a one-off Ferrari, yeah, right, yeah, and um, I think the record for the the most expensive Delorean was the uh, one of the Back to the Future cars that the Shays picked up for I don't know how much they paid half a million or something like that, but from there you had Nick Reed's uh, car for two hundred forty-eight thousand, uh, but anyway that car right a very very fast car as well. Um, and uh, uh, Josh, which uh, he's got the you know the LA the LS4, makes more horsepower at the wheels, so um, but a little heavier possibly. 
Um, so, mm-hmm. but I'll reveal like which car I felt was the fastest <laughs> in, in my upcoming video. Cool. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything. No, don't. <laughs> I know this is a DCS wrap up, but talk to a couple of people and you're talking about whether it's that twin turbo that got sold or we've been seeing the prices go up and several people have talked about the fact that some of the people that are buying these cars, they're not part of the community. They don't want to be part of the community. They are car collectors. So they're buying these cars, putting them in their garage with their other two or four or 10 classic cars. They're not driving them. They're not bringing them to shows. I have a concern that as the prices keep going up in the next five, 10, 15 years, we're going to have dwindling numbers because a lot of these cars are going to end up in private collections and not being driven. Is that a crazy thought? I think that's somewhat true. People are buying these cars now because of the collectability. They've finally figured out that they're cool. You know, they're not just some crappy movie car. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's not going to be all of them, but they're all going to be some serious car collectors, I think, going to acquire them. But we also have the luxury of having, you know, for a limited production car, there's still quite a few of them out there, you know? Yeah. 19 years ago was the 80, what was the 8,500 number? 19 years ago. In, on the West Coast alone, in my short seven years ownership, a dozen have been, or 10 of them have been destroyed beyond recovery. And that's just in a short seven years. So I still say that there's about 4,500 left in the world. I just, uh, the numbers are getting smaller. Um, thankfully, people are finding them in the garages and the barns and, and bringing them back to life. But I'm just, I don't know. I have a little fear that there's going to be more of the car collectors that are buying them and, and sticking them away. And that's where they're going to stay. If you're listening to this and you are thinking of buying a DeLorean, get involved. Drive the car, enjoy it, and, and come out and get to know other owners. Yeah, and that's kind of how you and I met, right, Dave? I mean, uh, I was trying to find a car, and I reached out, and uh, you and Mark showed up and kind of walked me through what to look for and, you know, buying a DeLorean and, uh, you know. You did it the right way. I mean, I didn't do it the right (laughs) way. I was the normal DeLorean goggles, you know, buy the car, dump a bunch of money into it, not having a clue what I was really doing, even though I thought I knew a lot, but you really did it right. We're going to do an episode with Todd to talk about his, just like with everybody else, his evolution into wanting the car, how he bought the car and what he's done with it at some point in the future. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Good. The only way that we ensure that more shows happen is by attending and, you know, supporting the whole event and always willing to come out because if the interest isn't there, I don't think we'll be seeing them. Yeah. I think it does make it easier if you know any other DeLorean owners, go with them. Look at, you know, the Fosters. They brought several people with them from the East Coast. And Mm -hmm. several of the, I mean, more local regional clubs came out. But for West Coast, I know that one of the comments Ken Consulic had about doing the shows is that he knew the numbers. He knew where everybody came from. And West Coast people would complain, oh, you never do one on the West Coast. But then, you know, he did one in Vegas and there, there just wasn't as big a turnout. So he did it in the, in the Midwest and just West Coast people weren't showing up. So it was nice to see so many, so many West Coast people coming to DCS this year. Right. No, and, I agree with and that. And you don't need to have your car. You, you can fly. It's okay. 
<laughs> yeah, one of the, the things I think I, I liked a lot too about this year's DCS was um, the uh, they had a couple presentations on Saturday morning about the um, restoration of the A car, and that was presented by Steve Concatelli. Concatelli, there you go. And that was really cool i thought that was very interesting as a big fan of the a car myself uh being able to meet him and, and listen to him talk and then of course they followed up with another presentation uh kevin thomas who works for midwest and steve put together that non-invasive uh time machine conversion which i thought was extremely well done i mean it was one of the cleanest time machine conversions i've ever seen and you know i'll, I'll be publishing a, a video on that one as well uh, really impressed by the work that, that Kevin and Steve did on that. And to be able to see the time machine up close, uh, you know, up close and personal a couple of times during the show, you know, um, after the presentation over at Midwest and then at the ice cream social at night and being able to see the car lit up, I can honestly say that's probably one of the most impressive uh, time machine conversions I've ever seen. So that was a big highlight for me, I think. Yeah, that was a beautiful car. And I'm so Steve, who shot that documentary, out of time. If you haven't seen it, which would be shocking, go find it. It it is great. He didn't own a DeLorean until just a couple of years ago, so it was great that he finally got a DeLorean. And then they decided to do a time machine conversion, and that car is beautiful. They've done a great job. Yeah, yeah, really great job. I know even Mike from Midwest. Uh, I was talking to him about it, and he got to drive it around. He was like, wow, I, I can't believe how nice this thing runs for a time machine. You wouldn't <laughs> expect a time machine to run nice. You'd expect it to be all rattling and heavy, and even Mike from, from Midwest was, was impressed with the build. Very high quality, and again, non-invasive. They did not have to drill into the car, and they showed you know, during the presentation uh, how they, they were able to accomplish all of that, right? And that really kind of sets the bar, right, um, when it comes to time machines because, you know, you've got time machine conversion guys that are drilling in the cars and the other side of the community is like, oh, we don't want you to drill into the car, right? So, and here's sort of a, here's sort of the answer, right? You don't have to mm -hmm. do that. You, other ways around it, you know, you just got to think about it. Yeah. I think they had four time machines. I know Terry and Oliver Holler brought theirs out like they usually do. And then you had, I think, Eric brought his out. And then um, there was also, I can't remember the gentleman's name, who won the first place in the uh, full custom. Uh, his time machine won uh, first place uh, in, in, the full, in the full custom class at the, uh, the Midwest show. Uh, that was a pretty cool uh, time machine as well. So... Yeah, if you're uh, you're into that, I mean, this is definitely one of the shows to to come out to. I think. Yeah. Right. Well, it was uh, great to see everybody, and I do enjoy doing these shows. It's just life gets in the way. I will work on doing more. I gotta say, so many people at the show were so complimentary and just really enjoy the podcast, and it does inspire me to get back to doing it more. Do you guys have anything else you want to share about the show? Um, I just wanted to, you know, give my uh, my thanks uh, to Rich Weisensoul for putting the show on, right? So I, I wanted to make sure that uh, 
um, I get my thanks in to Rich and try to, you know, um, promote the DeLorean ownership experience, right? And, uh, and I'm sure there'll be more uh, in, in the future. Chris? I just want to thank everyone for all their hard work. It takes a lot to put on a show like that, and it, it really uh, shows, and everyone uh, has a great time. Yep. And if it wasn't for people showing up, there wouldn't be a show no matter who puts it on. So like Todd said, commit to it. Come out. You will have a good time. We'll make sure you have a good time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks again, you guys, for coming on. And I'm looking forward to doing several more episodes with the people that I talked to during this last DCS 2023. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Todd and Chris. Looking forward to hearing from you. Reach out. Check out Todd's channel. Again, Todd, give the, give the URLs. So DeLoreanTech.com, or you can just go to YouTube slash DeLoreanTech. And Chris? DeLoreanTechnologies.com for parts and other solutions. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and hopefully see you out there on the road. Thanks, Sounds good. Appreciate it.